0: What happens when you take Callaway's most successful fairway wood of all time and make it even more versatile and powerful? You get the new Steelhead XR. Callaway really outdid themselves this time. With the recontoured Hawkeye's sole and supercharged face cup technology, Steelhead XR is longer and more versatile than ever. When you play Steelhead XR, there's no such thing as a bad lie. To learn more about the Steelhead XR, go to CallawayGolf.com today. Callaway, the number one fairway wood in golf.
1: Junkies. what's going on golf addicts thank you for downloading the tour junkies podcast this is the bmw championship edition and pat and i are going to break down who we like strategy that you need to know about this week being a no-cut event we're going to talk to you about the golf course we're going to talk to you about who we don't want to play on top of that we're going to introduce a new segment to the show tonight called piss off pat We got a TJ Hotline Bling voicemail fresh from a listener trying to make Pat mad. Let's see if he's successful at it or not. Don't forget that you've got to download the episode. Don't just stream it. Hit the download button. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a a review on iTunes. It would be greatly appreciated. And this episode is always brought to you by Swing Caddy. Go to tourjunkies.com. Click on the Swing Caddy promo link at the top. Type in Junkies, all one word, all lowercase in the promo box when you go to check out and save yourself some money get yourself a little little pocket uh golf tracker guy thing like a track man right there in your golf bag it'd be killer all your friends would be impressed you you'd be awesome at golf and stuff real golf not just fake golf all right now i'm rambling in the intro let's get right to it thanks again for listening enjoy the show What's up golf addicts? David Barnett here with you and my boy Pat Perry. We are the Tour Junkies, and we are here to break down the third leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs, which is the BMW Championship. How you doing, Pat?
2: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, a little displaced right now, but but that's okay. Yeah, uh, we're we're braving through Hurricane Irma.
1: You have been displaced from your lovely home. And are in you're you're with uh you're with your parents, right?
2: That's right. I'm I'm in Augusta. We are we're closer than we've been in a while, David.
1: How's P. Perry Senior doing? He doing all right?
2: He's good. You know, actually right before I came in to do the recording here, he grabbed my sheet that, that I usually uh do all my research on and, and was bruising over it, trying to get some ideas. Gotcha. Well he'll probably put in a better lineup than you will
1: this week. He's he, he's pretty he's, good.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: well, we, we didn't have a, we didn't have a a regular podcast last week, but we did bring the listeners a pretty hot episode from Jason Sobel. He's the senior golf writer at ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com. Really fun interview. If you've not checked that out, you need to listen to the interview with Jason Sobel. It's up on the website. It's on Stitcher for all you Android folks, as well as on iTunes. It's a good one, and Jason does not disappoint. Let me, let me just tell you guys, Jason likes him some, some DFS. He plays DFS, he knows our world, and he's a, he's a regular member of the media. And it was kind of cool to get his perspective on the state of DFS, the outlook for what DFS golf could, could mean for the PGA Tour, his take on Jay Monahan as a commissioner. Um, we heard a cool Augusta National story. We heard a good Phil Gambling story. And it was it was good. He talked about Brandel Chambly, which was interesting. It was an interesting take there. So if you haven't made it around to listening to that, you need to check that one out and retweet it and share it if you like. That would be cool, too. Um, but that was a good one. I enjoyed I enjoyed the conversation with Sobel. We'll probably have him on again.
2: Yeah, I did, too. It was, it was fun and um, obviously very knowledgeable about the game of golf has had some good takes. Uh, so, yeah, it was fun doing it.
1: Well, the season's starting to wind down here, Pat. I mean, we've got the BMW this week. We have, obviously, the Tour Championship from Eastlake in Atlanta next week. In fact, I will be there on Saturday with my, my youngest boy, Collins. We will be there on Saturday. So if anybody's out there, holla at us. We'll be, we'll be hanging around. Uh, actually, I don't have a ticket yet, so I do need a ticket. But uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll get one. So we'll be at Eastlake, and then we've got a a pretty nice little break as far as DFS golf is concerned. We'll pick back up in October for the fall swing, a little bit in November, I believe, as well, and then another break. So a lot of you guys ask us if we do shows in the off weeks, and the answer is most of the time, I think. Um, We've got some cool interviews that we've got queued up that – I think we'll probably put out in some of the off weeks. And then last year we did some strategy shows and had some DFS gurus on that are better than us. And we talked a little bit of strategy. So we'll probably do that again. Pat, any other ideas that you
2: have for a show? No, I mean, you know, I think it would be <laughs> interesting to, I want to talk the President's Cup, I think, after it's over and just see, you know, because obviously the Ryder Cup, we did a show after that. and. uh I think we need to do a President's Cup show if you're up for it. Uh, I kind of think that'll be boring. But maybe, like, you know, bring right. that, you know, have that combined with a strategy show. Maybe. I,
1: I could spend 10 minutes talking about the President's Cup. I mean, well, the Ryder Cup. It hasn't we were even there. happened yet. You don't know. I mean, it could
2: be just well, as I, exciting I as a Ryder Cup. Uh,
1: see, I don't think it is. I, I just don't think the rivalry is the same and it, the. To me, the teams are so lopsided right now. I mean, the, the U.S. team just looks incredible compared to the international team. Kind of like the Walker Cup. Did
2: you watch any of the Walker Cup, by the way?
1: I did not. I was too wrapped up in the NFL. But, yeah, I know I know the U.S. trounced um, trounced them boys pretty good. So that was good. Good to see.
2: Yes. Well, I, do you have any hot takes other than you just asking me if I watched it? No, my only hot take is that Maverick, McNeely, and then two other guys all went 4-0. and And I think that was like the yeah. first time that's ever happened. Yeah. Which I thought was, you know, just domination. That's right. Yeah. Um, got the
1: Walker Cup going on, so that's over. What else we got going? Any, any other, like, golf story? There's not, golf's kind of been quiet here the last couple. The, the boys have had a week off after the DelTec um, Del championship. Hey, kids had a baby. Kiz had a baby. That's right. Who lit little kids? Um mm-hmm. He had a baby. Let's see. I think that's about. I think that's about it. As far as not like, I mean, yeah, you headlines. had the start of the
2: NFL season. By the yeah. way, very smart of the PGA Tour not to, you know, to do a little skip in the weeks here. I mean, I know it's probably also because they had the Labor Day Monday finish, but you just don't want to compete with NFL on the first Sunday uh, of the the opening weekend. Right, right. And S- by the way, I just absolutely loved watching the Patriots get their ass kicked on Thursday night. Uh, yeah, that was shocking. It was pretty shocking. I
1: enjoyed it because I had Kareem Hunt in a couple
2: of lineups. Oh, so. yeah. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Um. By the way, if we're going to talk fantasy, all you people out there that messaged us and tweeted at us after I talked about picking Ezekiel Elliott. Well, guess what? The guy's going to (laughs) play the entire season. I should have drafted him. You know, this is why. Okay, this is this is I'm going to bring in golf here, too. And DFS. Mm, This will be interesting. This is why a lot of the times you just need to go with your gut. Don't worry about what David is saying or what I'm saying. If you're choosing between two or three guys, you know, trust your gut sometimes when you're when you're picking a DFS lineup. If it's golf or football or whatever, just like in this draft. I should have trusted my gut, which told me to draft Ezekiel Elliott at the five position, and I didn't. And instead, I got Odell Beckham, who didn't even play the first week. So, and, and I may still win this week. It's 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 questionable. It's going to come out, come you know. It's, it's going to come down to tonight's games. But trust your gut, folks. That's that's part of the key to winning. I think. Yeah, you didn't trust yours, man. Um, it's a lot of
1: gut to trust, and you didn't you didn't trust it. No, I listen to too many other people, <laughs> including you. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I didn't see the Zeke thing coming. I, I think it's, I think it's crazy, and it's gone back and forth, and it's, I don't know. It's, it's kind of annoying, actually. I think the guy should be suspended, but that's. I don't have him on any fantasy season long fantasy teams either. But, um, I think that's, that's a good point, though. You get you, sometimes you're right. You do have to trust your gut, and you know. Touts are wrong a lot. People are. This is you know, I mean, golf is way higher variance than NFL. So, especially when it comes to PGA, you do have to trust your gut at times. So that's uh that's good. Good advice. Good advice. Anything else, Pat? That you got? You got? You want to talk about anything on your heart?
2: That you know, that's it. I'm just okay. You know, that's my hot take for today so far. I'll I'll have some others,
1: I'm sure. Well, we, we had a, I wanted to try a new segment for, for this week's episode. You know, we're running low on content. PGA season is losing steam and interest. So I figured why not spice it up a bit and let's talk about something completely not PGA related. And I thought, I thought out a new segment called Piss Off Pat. It, it's just a lot of fun. Sometimes when you get riled up and you get passionate and I, I like to hear it and, I think the listeners do too, and you're you're a passionate guy, and so we I threw out a little challenge for some people to call into the voicemail, the TJ hotline bling, and try to stir the pot a little bit and see if they could see if they could find a way to piss off Pat, and we got we got a, a handful of them, and I've I've made a selection, and I want to play this for you now, Pat, and see what uh, see what you're. Your feedback is, if you did not get picked, uh, thank you for the call. Thank you anyway. And listen, from now on, if you guys have something that just comes in your mind and you want to let it out and possibly piss off Pat, call into the voicemail 7066-ADDICT or 7066-623-3428. That is the TJ hotline. So we, we got a we got an intro here and I want to play it for you guys. And then Pat will get your reaction and maybe it'll fire you up. Maybe it maybe it won't. All right. But listen, I don't want you to I don't want you to force it. it nobody wants to hear a segment that's like contrived to piss off Pat. We, we want you to if it really pisses you off, we want you to bring it. If it doesn't, then don't. You know what I mean? Because then the listener is not successful. Right, the whole. We want to see if these guys can be successful in actually pissing you off. If it doesn't piss you off, don't
2: act pissed off just for the sake of acting. Got it? Okay. All right. I, 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 I promise you that I will. You will see a real reaction from me. Okay. All right. All right. Here, here we go. We're gonna we're gonna play this voicemail. Um, right right now. Here we go. Hey Pat, you remind me of Pee Wee Herman. I mean, really. Pull up a picture. It's you. Peewee. Okay. There it is from another nameless
1: voicemail. You guys never leave your names on the voicemails. It's unbelievable. Um please leave your name on the voicemail so we can call you out. But it's a short and sweet one, man. I mean, this guy for for whatever reason really thinks you look like Peewee Herman. He clearly is as old as you cuz he he's Peewee Herman is like in his brain. He like He'd like pull that folder, that file back, and he used to probably watch a little Pee-wee Herman. But he, he even says, pull up a picture, it's you, you're Pee-wee. So Pee-wee Pat, what do you think about this?
2: How It's just not very accurate. I mean, I don't know, it really doesn't tick me off all that much because I just, I don't see it. Like, if, if there would have been, like, some if somebody had said something like, I look like Pee-wee before, and it would just had, like, Touch the nerve, then I would probably be upset about it. But no one's ever—I mean, I, I run across a lot of people in my entire life, and no one's ever compared me to Pee Wee Herman. And another thing is, by the way, I just saw a tweet from Pee Wee this week. I don't—it was on our timeline. I don't know. If somebody no, it was not. We it, I not follow Pee Wee Herman. I, no, I, no, that's no, what I'm no, saying. No. I, I know we don't follow him, but somebody, somebody retweeted either, him. Somebody retweeted it, and I haven't heard from that guy in forever. I was so it is kind of funny that. You know, we get this listener who thinks I look like Pee Wee when uh, the guy's been off the radar forever, but um, th- there's a lot of difference. First off, that dude, like, if I'm just thinking of, ha- I don't know what he looks like right now. I'm just thinking of, like, back when the Pee Wee Herman movies and shows were out. It's a little, that's a thin, just skinny guy, and I don't really fit that category. Um, he's got kind of a skinny face and everything. I don't really, I got kind of a fat face.
1: Yeah, so, so first of all, uh, um, thank you for the call, nameless listener. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the voicemail. I thought it was funny. I picked that one. I just thought it was random, and it might, it might irritate you a little bit. I could see your point. I, I don't really see it. And, and you know if anybody wants to make fun of you right now, it would be me. Oh, yeah, I know. I tried to look at, I looked at, at, I went ahead and immediately Google imaged as many Pee Wee Herman pictures as possible. And I couldn't find one that looks like you. I, I just, I just don't see it. Like maybe, maybe, maybe somewhere this, you know, Pee Wee kind of laughs like you or does, has like some mannerisms that are a little bit like you that, that this listener's caught on to. But as far as just pure looks, I I would agree with you. I don't, I don't really see it. Um. It's also crazy that I just looked up Pee Wee Herman's Twitter account while you're talking about it. Pee Wee Herman has two million followers. (laughs) There are (laughs) two million people following this account. We are not one of them. And I'm scrolling through some tweets trying to find what in the world tweet would have hit our timeline. And I I really can't find one. Um, It's
2: kind of weird. Um, Pee Wee Herman was a weird dude. Yeah, he was. He was a really weird dude. Can you can you give us a Pee Wee Herman impression? No, uh. Uh-uh. uh What? I I could I, I don't I mean I, I I can't really remember how he sounded all that. I mean I know he sounded weird. B- be honest, like did you watch the show when you were a kid? I did not watch the show, but I did see the movie Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> did you see it in theaters? No, come on, don't lie. <laughs> no, I didn't. I swear. <laughs> it was a weird movie.
1: He's an odd dude. Yeah, very odd dude. I, I don't see it. So failed attempt from that listener, or maybe I just picked the wrong voicemail. That was the one I picked out. But failed attempt from the listener. Listen, I think it would be really cool. In fact, we could give some TJ swag to a listener who can successfully call into the voicemail and piss off Pat. We will. We will give. The first listener to call into the voicemail and piss off Pat successfully and genuinely, a Pod Bros
2: T-shirt and a ball marker for sure. Sounds. Does that sound good with you? Yeah, it sounds okay. It's, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just actually looking through Pee Wee's Twitter deal to see also which one was retweeted. Okay, well I'm let's listening. let's let's get off of let's get off of Pee Wee right now. Um, <laughs> I did not expect the uh show to turn towards Pee Wee.
1: <laughs> um okay, so forget forget about Pee Wee and Pat's Pee Wee and all that stuff. <laughs> let's uh let's get into this. We have the I mean we have the BMW Championship. It's 70 guys, third leg of the FedEx Cup Championship as mentioned previously. The top 30 after this week are going to play at Eastlake next week for the Tour Championship and a shot at a lot of money. Um, so you're gonna, you're, all your guys are going to play four rounds. There is no cut at this event, so that's definitely something to keep in mind. Pat, why don't you hit us with the course
2: breakdown, brother? All right, so as you said, the BMW Championship in Lake Forest, Illinois, which is uh, just north of Chicago. You'll you'll be seeing lots of tweets from Chicago stuff for players this week. Um, Conway Farms, which is a par 71, they've played this. They kind of moved this tournament around. They played here in 2015, and then they also played in 2013. Jason Day won in 15. I believe it was Zach Johnson in 2013. Um, very different conditions, though, between those two victories. Par 71, 7,200 yards. This is a Tom Fazio designed off course. Uh, you know, it doesn't play, I mean, when you just look at it from a you know overall standpoint, at that 7,200 yards, doesn't it seem like, it, you know, it's not very long. But if you look at, like, the par fives, all of them, there are three of them all over 585 yards. So I do think distance is going to play a factor. These fairways are relatively easy to hit. Um, you got four par threes, um, of which, you know, three of them play pretty long, too. Uh, just like we've we've kind of had in the last few events you got bent grass fast greens um and I think they'll be playing just as fast this week the weather's going to be perfect so I don't think that's going to be an issue at all um you know it's and I I say that because in 2013 the weather was an issue and the scoring wasn't quite as good and, and it played right in the middle of the most difficult courses on tour for that year but in 2015 it was near the bottom and 44th as far as the you know hardest courses. So it, you, they're going to be able to score out here. So I think you're going to need to look at you know things like deep drafting, scoring, birdie or better percentage, also strokes gained approach. Really, you know, the main strokes gained uh, stats for me are going to be approach off the tee, around the green, and then obviously going to look at recent form. I think recent form is is huge when you get down to the end of the playoffs. Um, you typically see the guys that have been been playing well all you know all playoffs um continuing to do that so that is going to be huge for me and um so there you go that's a that's a quick breakdown of conway farms well for me i
1: think if you're looking at purely the stats i really simplified it this week i went strokes gained off the tee i went strokes gained approach and i went draft scoring that's it and i waited Heavier DraftKings scoring, obviously with a no-cut event. I do agree with you. I think this is going to play easier, similar to what it did in 2015. And um, and then I waited strokes gained approach a little more than strokes gained off the tee off the tee. This is a pretty open golf course. It's not that it's not that tough to hit the fairways year after year. You can see that. So I, I think that the important thing here is finding yourself below the hole and on the right kind of quadrant of these Tom Fazio greens. So the approach approach that to me is key. You know, other than that, there's other factors in this event, just like I think there were in the Dell Technologies uh, event, and I think there will be next week if you decide to play in that 30 man tour championship. On DraftKings, it's going to come down to ownership. With everybody having six of six through the weekend, pending some withdrawal or something weird happening, everybody's going to have six of six. It's all about scoring, all about scoring. So for me, um, I'm, I'm really looking at ownership because if you can have the guy who's lighting it up and he's low owned, that's a big advantage. That's really, um, ownership to me is the only place you're going to get the advantage because you're not going to have, you know, you're not going to have, uh, four of six lineups and five of six lineups. So that's a, that's a factor for me. Another thing I'm looking at, and I, I think it's, Paid off well here in the last few events as these guys are very aware of where they need to finish to get to the right spot in the FedEx Cup rankings to keep advancing. I think the spots, um, kind of 25 through about 45 or 50 in the FedEx Cup standings, to me is a sweet spot. Now, some people might say, like, well, why wouldn't you pick number 70? Because that guy's got to move up the most to play Eastlake next week. Well, I, I guess I'm thinking. Like, if you look at the 70th guy, I think it's like Anirban Lahiri or something. If you look at the 70th guy, if by Saturday that dude is, you know, in the bottom, bottom, if he's like T60 or worse, he, he knows it's not happening. So yeah. I think you run the risk of mailing it in a little bit. I think the guys from 25 to 50, you know, the guys from obviously 25 to 30 are just thinking, I got to, I'm, I'm on the fringe and I got to stay in the top 30. Uh, and then the guys beyond 30 to 50 are are, are likely to be in it for longer um, for, through, through the weekend. So I'm really targeting those guys in that range uh, in, in that FedEx Cup ranking. so as I, as I talk about some picks, those are that will come up. So for me, it's all about those those three key stats, the FedEx Cup ranking and the ownership play. Um, I mean there's a lot of guys in this field I like, but I'm just going to have to fade for pure ownership leverage. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of up and down, just like there was last week for the Dell Technology Open. You know, when you've got a, a no-cut event, your teams are going to be up and down. So don't freak out on Thursday. Don't celebrate on Thursday either. It could, uh, it could all change really quick. So that's my, that's my take.
0: Good.
2: Good. Hey, I got a question for you. Okay. So, you know, we, we, we both like using this new tool, the fantasy national golf club. What do you, as far as your sample size on your rounds, are, are you kind of narrowing it down even to 12 rounds? Are you going, you sticking more with like 24 or what, what do you actually, um, I, I looked at the
1: past eight, the past 24 and the past 50. Like And I kind of like to um, in fact, I talked about that a little bit in a video that I did for Fantasy National, uh, where I talked through my process a little bit. I, I definitely weight, you know more, he- more heavily the recent stuff, but I like looking at 50 rounds, 75 rounds, even 100 rounds sometimes, just to get an idea of, you know, if this guy's popping in the last eight, is he popping? because like, it's, it's out of the norm for him. Or is he is he popping because it's that's what he that's just like what he does he's really good at that all the time um so I, I think that's kind of something to to look at there so I like looking at all the sample size
2: okay good mm-hmm. I appreciate
1: that that helps me oh you appreciate that thank you I appreciate yeah. you appreciating that thank you all right well, let's uh let's get this let's get this ball rolling so you got you got your big guys in the five-digit range being Spieth, DJ, Fowler, Rom, JT, who just wins again, uh, runs away with it at the Dell Tech, and then Hideki, uh, I'm sorry, no, no, stops at JT. So Stop Spieth, DJ, Fowler, Rom, JT,
2: who you playing? GPPs, who you playing? Well, for me, I think I, I'm still going to go with Speeth this week. I mean, even you know, as the highest price guy, I, I just... It's just hard to avoid. I mean, he's going to get a win here, I think, soon. Um, You know, he's obviously come close the last two events. So I still, and I believe there may be some folks that come off of him a little bit just due due to price. I do like Jordan Spieth. JT, for me, is just not priced correctly. I I think that you could easily have him as the second-priced golfer in this field. Um, So I do like JT. I'm a little worried about his ownership, so I want to see where that kind of lies later on in the week. Um, but to me, if you get a guy like Justin Thomas at ten three, it allows you to fit a lot more guys than you could with Spieth, even though I still like Spieth. Um And the lowest, you know, 6900 is the cheapest you're going to get this week. So it's, you know, if you do go with these top guys, you really need to to, to pick well, obviously, with your lower, lower price guys. And I think and I feel like I've got a good handle on the lower guys this week. So, again, Spieth and JT are my top two here. Don't hate it, and let me just say, of all the guys in this in this
1: range, the the five digit range, you know, I, I wouldn't be mad at you for planting your flag on any of them. I, I don't think mm-hmm. there's one in this range to fade. They're all playing really well. They're all top tier golfers who can win this event. They all fit from a stat category in one way or the other. Um, so it, it's just kind of narrowing it down to who you feel good about, and maybe some gut calls. So uh, I agree with you on Spieth. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to play two guys here. Speeth is one, just checks all the boxes, you know, back-to-back second-place finishes. He's, just, he's locked and loaded for this event. Uh, I love the strokes gained approach angle for him coming into Conway Farms. I love the bent grass, the quick greens. I think that's, that sets up really nice for his putter. So Speeth's my guy at the top. And then the other guy I'm going to play, and, and it's you could call this kind of a gut, a gut play, because I love your Justin Thomas take. I mean, two wins in his last three events. Who doesn't love that? But my gut play is going to be Fowler again. Like, I, I just feel like with the cream of the crop winning so many of these these end of the year events, end of the season events, it's time for Ricky to to win one and and find some really really hot form and momentum going into East Lake. I I love for the same reason I like speed the, the the bent grass and the the quicker greens for for Ricky's putting game. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with Fowler. Those are my two guys. I can't really get a read on ownership. I think up here, it's not going to really matter. I don't, I don't really know that in these five digit ranges, I think they're all going to be owned enough that you're not really going to get a lot of leverage off of playing one or fading one or whatever. So I don't really think ownership matters as much in the 10 K and above range. I think it's going to matter as we, as we drop down. So.
2: Yeah, you know, Fowler is interesting to me because when I looked at it, and this is partly one of the reasons why I asked you the question earlier about you know, what you're looking at as far as maybe the strokes gain stats on, on how many rounds, because if you keep backing it out to 50, 75, and 100 rounds, Fowler comes in a lot better as far as approach and around the green. But then when you go you know, to the 20, last 24 or last 12 rounds, You know, he's not really, you know, in strokes game approach, he's 47th in the field and then 26th in around the green, which isn't terrible. But so that's, you know, part of the thing with him that worries me a little bit is lately he hasn't exactly knocked it out of the park. Now he's still good overall when you look at just for the season. Um,. So he's, he's an interesting play. I mean, I'm just not, I'm not all on board with Fowler yet.
1: Well, and on that note, like, I, you bring up a good point. I mean, we're just looking at slightly different stats. But, I mean, I was only waiting DraftKings scoring, and I waited that the heaviest, then Strokes gained approach, then Strokes gained off the tee. And of those three categories, he checked the box in the last 24 and the last 50, but not in the last eight. Um, you know, in the last eight, though, however, he still finished 13th and 20th. So despite that, he's still making up ground somewhere else. So it's like, well, with a week off and, you know, getting closer and closer to Eastlake, you know, maybe he finds what we know about Fowler and that typically he's going to check the box and he's going to be tops in the field and strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained approach and drafting scoring. So, yeah, that's why I'm kind of on him. Um, all right, so let's get into the 9K range. I'll kick it off there. Uh, I'm going with I'm going with two guys in the 9K range. I'm going with Brooks Kepka. Checking my boxes in the last eight and the last twenty four rounds. So in your recent uh, in my recent number it's Brooks. And I do think you always get a slight ownership edge. I, I just don't I think everybody's jumping on Casey, which I understand. He's totally fire. Casey's just one I'm gonna fade this week. Pure ownership play. I did it last week, um, but he is playing really well. So it's just a a pure ownership play on Casey. If you're playing cash, you should absolutely have plenty of Paul Casey. But GPP for me, it's going to be Brooks at 9,100. And it's going to be Jason Day. Jason Day is, uh, is also checking the boxes in the last eight and 24 rounds. He, you know, finally had a good a good tournament at the Dell Technologies Open. He is 28th in the FedEx Cup standings. So, Day's got to play decent to stay in the top 30. Which I thought that was interesting for a big name. I, I like that. Um, I mean, I, I say he played great at the Dell Tech. He played. I mean, he, we saw we saw a little bit of form from him, which has been back and forth. He finished 25th. He was 31 percent owned on DraftKings which may have disappointed some folks. I mean, if you pay up for Jason Day and he finishes 25th, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know if you're real happy with that, but I like that he's in that 28th spot on the FedEx Cup ranking. I think that's important. So, I'm going to have Brooks and I'm going to have Day in the 9K range. I'm I'm full fade on Paul Casey and full fade on Rory. It's just not uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I can't. I just, Rory is so tasty right there at that 9400 price. I mean, but I just, I can't fall for it. I think it's like, it's like when you're looking at a college football game and the spread just looks totally off and you just, it's just a sucker bet as far as I'm concerned for Rory. So I'm with you on that fate. Love Day, I'm totally with you there. I think, you know, for me, he's my favorite guy here. I'm not going to sleep on Hideki though at 9900 I think, you know, he checks a box off the tee uh, approach game. You know, he's he's had a few bumps lately, but I still, at 9,900, he's he's hard for me to avoid. And, and I think that, you know, depending on ownership or not, I think he could be an extremely good play this week. So I, I do believe that I'm going to go with some Hideki. Um, last time they played here, uh, he was T7. So he, you know, obviously he, he can play the course. Um you know, he did miss the cut a couple weeks ago, and I think that's what's going to, you know, the Northern Trust, and I think that's what might put some people off of him. But if you look before that, you know, a fifth at the PGA, first at the Bridgestone, and then, you know, got it back a little bit together last week with the T23. So I, I do like Hideki at 9900. Him and Day are my two favorite plays here. Totally with you, though, on the Casey fade for GPPs. I think he is going to be one of the highest-owned guys Um don't have a problem with playing them in cash, but if you're you're playing GPPs, I'm going to avoid them this week. By the way, I meant to say, I I am not factoring in
1: course history whatsoever at Conway Farms this week. I I know you you mentioned it has been played here twice in the last five years, um, but for me, it it being totally different conditions both of those years. I mean, you had yeah, lift clean in place in 2015. It was a soft course. The Bombers just lit it up. There were birdies all over the place. 2013, you had a lot of weather, a lot of wind. Um, it was just a different vibe. And and like you said, right now, it looks like the course is going to play, you know, I mean, conditions are going to be pretty normal. I just don't think it's worth digging into a ton of course history. I mean, a lot of guys that played in 15 and 13 may not even be in the field right now, plus You've got two different courses plus, you know, two years later. I don't know. I just, I just don't think it's worth weighting heavily course history. That's just my take.
2: I, I don't think it's a heavy weight, but I, I'm certainly going to look at it. I mean, I want to see who, who played in 2015 that's in this field. I'm not really looking at 13 as much. I agree there. But, but it's something I'm going to look at. I mean, I'm not gonna, it's not like going to be a major weighting for me. But I, I do like to see how guys, any week, I want to see how they've played the course before. All right, why don't you kick us off in the 8K range? All right, so in the 8K range, I think there's several in here that I, that I love this week. Right at the top, though, I'm, I'm all in on Henrik Stenson at 8900 Oh, uh, me too. He's my I favorite play. He is—do you just think he's going to be a little bit overlooked for, for God I, knows what reason? I do. I, mean, I do. If you look at it, I mean, he's playing great golf right now. He won three weeks ago at the Wyndham. You know, T seventeen at Northern Trust decided to just take a break in the Dell, so he's actually had a few weeks off. Um, no worse than seventeenth at the WGC in his last four starts. So I, I don't see I just Stenson is is another mispriced guy that I have a hard time, you know, figuring out why that is. And and then he also checks a box, you look off the T approach. He's been putting fantastic lately. Um DraftKings scoring he's up there so for me Stenson is is my favorite guy in this ak range he's another one well before you move off Stenson, because
1: I, I don't want to have to come back to him i'll just say like yeah he is a box checker for me in those categories i looked at i love the two weeks rest for Stenson. i think for him specifically he's a player that thrives off of rest he's mr september for a reason he plays really well at this time of year he likes to turn it on He's also sitting at 26 in the FedEx Cup in the FedEx Cup ranking, so he's got to, you know, he's got to maintain that spot or get a little bit better, ha- have a great week to lock in East Lake or to at least make a run in that top five of the Tour Championship next next week. So, love Stinson at 8,900. I do hope he gets overlooked a little bit. We'll see as the as the chatter rolls in.
2: Yeah. Uh, next, right below him, Louis Tiesing. He's another one of my favorites this week. Um, checks the box on strokes gain approach, also um and around the green he has another guy playing really well lately he did finish 30th last week at the Dell but before that he was 10th at the Northern Trust and then uh had a great final round and finished second at the PGA Championship you know just playing if it were, really wasn't I think it was over the weekend I mean it's, it's two weeks ago so I, I, I my memory may not serve me but I believe he was looking okay and then just kind of you know, sort of fell off on the weekend. But I, I do like Louie. I know we were on him at the at the Dell as well and, and so he's gonna be another one of my favorite plays up here at eighty eight hundred. Going below that, um it's not really a whole lot for me. Garcia to me is a fade actually. Um I'm not gonna be playing any Garcia. I'll probably have a little bit of Cooch, but I think that's gonna be another high owned guy. So I might avoid him just for, for ownership. But that's pretty much it, right there in that 8K range. Is, is Stenson and Louis are my two favorites. All right, well, I love Garcia. He is my GPP high end.
1: Ugh. One of my GPP high end plays. Everybody watched him last week, uh, or at the at the Dell breaking his clubs and like just playing with putting with a driver. I mean, he totally went mental. Uh, I think it was like round two or round three. But he shot book in 67s at the Dell. Now he hasn't played that great since like June, okay? What are you sipping on over there? What's your podcast use? I hear your ice rolling around in your Yeti. <laughs> I was
2: trying to keep it quiet, but uh I just just got a little little cocktail in the uh in the Tour Junkie's Yeti. Okay. Yes. just like so
1: Very light. so I, I like Stenson I think I think he's going to go I think he's probably going to be 10% or, or I mean not Stenson Garcia I think he's going to be like 10% or lower which you know GPP plays are guys who you know who can win high upside low ownership and Garcia could come up and just all of a sudden win this tournament um he he sits. Uh, he sits thirty fourth in the FedEx Cup ranking. So as of now, he is not in at East Lake. He's got to. He's got to improve here if he doesn't want his season to end right now. Um, he was fourteen percent owned at the Dell Technologies Open, where he finished t thirty fifth and putted with his driver. So I mean, you got to figure that number is going to go down. Uh, the ownership number is going to go down. Plus, he's sandwiched in between your boy Louie, who a lot of other people like. He's playing good right now. And the DFS darling numero uno right now, Patrick Cantlay, um, who you know at the Dell Tech was 29% owned. I mean, double Garcia's ownership. So I think Garcia, being where he is at 8,700, seeing the Dell Technologies play, I think he's going to be a great GPP play for me. I'm going to have a fair amount of, of Garcia and hope he pops, and that gives me a good, good bit of leverage. Like some Stenson Garcia stacks for me are going to be out there. Uh in addition, I like a couple other guys in this range. I like Kevin Chappell. I think it's hard not to like Chappell right now. He's playing okay. He's playing pretty you know, got into the president's cup. He sits uh he sits twentieth in the FedEx Cup rankings, he's a box checker. And his Vegas odds are are not not bad either. He's um it's like sixty to one to win. It's not not terrible. Um so I just, I think Chapel's a good move. And then finally, I'm going to have a little, I haven't really been touting him a whole lot here lately, but he's been in great form. I wish I had more of him. And that's Patrick Reed. He, um, you know, sixth at the Dell Tech. So I think Reed's going to be a little chalky. He's not going to be one where I'm um, uh, really gaining a lot of leverage on the field. But he's got the same odds as Henrik Stenson and Louie, who's priced up above him. He's 22nd in the FedEx Cup rankings. So I don't mind a little read either. Um, but my favorite play uh, easily in this range, it, my favorite two plays in the 8K are Stenson and Garcia.
2: I, I'm i actually with you on Reed too. I, I I didn't mention any others down there, but I had written him off to the side. I, I kind of skipped over him in that 8K range and, um, when I was doing my research, but I, I'm totally with you there. I think Reed's a good play at 8,000. Well, I'm going to,
1: so in the 6K range, Yes, I said 6K range. I'm fading everyone in the 6K range, like all five of them or whatever, six of them. Six of them. Including Xander Shafle, just because, again, he is going to, he's another DFS darling. So he's going to be chalky. He was 14% owned at the Dell Tech, which is pretty chalky for a guy in the 6K range. I think he's going to be chalky again. Uh, given likely lineup constructions and things like that, and then there's no one else below him that I would even think about playing. So the rest of my guys are all here in the seven K range, and um, I'll name a few, and then I'll, I'll I'll let you name a few, and then we can round it out. I think that I think that Jason Duffner is in play here. Now he finished. Whoa! It's a, it's a again it's a GPP. It's an ownership play. Um, Duff finished tied for 69th at the, at the Dell tech.
2: He, you're taking my guy, man. Oh, I am
1: I'm really upset. I'm really upset about this. Oh, right okay. Now. All right. Um, he checks the boxes in the last 24 to 50 rounds, not, not in the last eight, but he's 25th in the FedEx cup ranking. He's got to play well to maintain and get into East Lake. So I don't know a little, a little Duff daddy. I'm going to have some plus he's right above Finau who's going to be popular as always. So I like Duffner. Uh, do you Do you want to chime in on Duff while we're here?
2: No, I mean, I'm, Anything I'm in with addition? you. I think, I think that he's uh, he's going to be a good GPP play this week. You know, stats, you know, just like you said, I mean, strokes can approach off the tee. He's checking boxes over the recent few weeks for me. So I'm I'm all in on some Duff this week. I also like Mark
1: Leishman, who I think is going to be chalky. Leish's Chalk. Vegas odds to win are 40-1, to 1, which would put him up in the – uh, Garcia Ustazen category, but you get about a thousand dollar discount on him. So I like Leash a good bit. He's a box checker recently, too, in the last eight to 24 rounds. So he he will be chalked, but I like him. I'm going to have some exposure to him. I like Charles Schwartzl. Um, Schwartz finished 25th at the Dell Tech. He currently sits 43rd in the FedEx Cup rankings, so he has got to make a move. He's a ball striker. He's a great second shot um, player, great iron player, which I think, again, could could pose really well here. Um, He's won at Augusta, so he likes putting on fast bent grass greens. I don't mind a little charl. I hope he goes under the radar enough that, that I get some leverage out of that. Another gpp play for me who did not play well at the Dell tech he finished 61st being 14 percent owned and that is francesco molinari the italian bill haas um also i like his vegas odds. he's got the same odds as finau and duffner but you get a little a little price break there about 400 bucks and molinari is is currently at 47 he's 42nd in the fedex cup ranking so he's got to make a move as well. I've got a few more, but I'll let you interject and, uh, and go, with, go with your guys.
2: Well, I am, uh, like I said, I'm with you on Duff, totally with you on Leishman. I think he will probably be chalky, so I may lean more towards him in cash, but I do like him. Also, Pat Perez at 7,600. I think he's another guy that just seems to always get overlooked, but he's playing really well, finished six last week or two weeks ago at the Dell Championship, um, checks the box on the approach around the green. Um, like I said, his form is good, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with some Pat Perez this week. I, I like his price. Um, he is tenth in the FedEx Cup standings, which kind of surprises me. I just I didn't expect it when I looked it up to see his name right there.
1: Yeah, that um, shocks me too. I, I'm yeah. not I'm not buying Perez. I'm, I'm not in it. Like I buy Perez in February, March, April. I don't really buy him right now. Well, I, he, he did have a good Dell Tech. I'll give you that. He played but,
2: good last week, so. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on Molinari. He's another one of my favorite plays here. I think Webb is going to be interesting too at 7700. Um, you know, has played well recently. He's got top tens at the Northern Trust and the Wyndham. Uh, This is a course where I think he can play well on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll out some Webb. I haven't played him in a few weeks, but but it it was kind of shocking to me that you know how well he's played lately. Um, just relative to price. So I I do like some Webb. Um, You know, if you're looking at stats, he's always going to check around the green. Um, Not necessarily approach, but off the tee. Um, And DraftKings scoring, he's actually up there in the top 15 in the field. So um, Webb's another guy that I like. Uh, You know a sneaky play for me? This is going to be like your Sergio, or how I feel about your Sergio. And it's going to be another Spaniard Rafa Cabrera Bella I think that, you know, if you look at now he he hasn't played great recently, but he did play pretty well last week. Um he was now I got to get it down to him where he is he was T18th last week. He has missed two cuts in a row before that at the at or the wind or PGA and the Northern Trust. He skipped the windham Um I think he's going to be a GPP play for me. I think he's going to be very low owned. Nobody's going to go with him based off a of recent form. Um, checks the box for me on stroke approach. When you look at the last few rounds, now not the you know, let's not look at you know when he had some bad times at the Northern Trust and the Wyndham, but he does check the box in the stroke skiing approach and off the tee and around the green. So I think I'm going to play some Rafa this week. I can I can be talked into Rafa sometimes. I, I, he didn't really come up on
1: my radar right now, but I can be talked into him at times. I like a little Phil. I'm gonna get on the Phil train after the sixth place finish out of nowhere at Dell Tech. His odds will put him up there with Kevin Chappell and Zach Johnson. That's a thousand to eleven hundred dollars savings where he's priced on DraftKings. Phil is thirty-sixth in the FedEx Cup. He's dangerously close to missing out on Eastlake. So he has to make a move. I like the week off with Phil. Um yeah, so uh, he could be a little chalky, a little bit, a little bit more so, because a lot of people like to play Phil. So if you're playing in a bigger GPP, maybe I don't know how many DFS touts will like him, but uh, he's always going to be a little higher owned just because he's Phil. So I, I don't mind a little bit of him. I have three other guys you did not mention that um, that I like. I like Kisner. I kind of, I, I kind of feel like. I kind of feel like he's going to come up out of nowhere on this one. His odds put him up in the Poulter-Fenow range with a little bit of a savings. It just feels like a, a strokes gained approach, bent grass, fast greens course, which is, which is where Kiz is going is to thrive. And I love the price savings there too with him, so I think that's a good, I think that's a good play. And then a couple of guys who are going to be big time GPP plays, low ownership, possibly like sub three percent um, for these guys. If you play in a bigger GPP, the first one is Bryson Deshambo. That's seventy two hundred bucks. Now, I have played, I have touted Deshambo one time this year, and it really paid off. So I'm hoping I get him right again uh, this week. But you know, um, had a decent showing at the Dell Tech and. He's 44th in the FedEx Cup. He's got a score. I mean, he, he is a scorer. He's got to make some moves. Um, so I like Deshambo in a no-cut event like this. And then the last pick for me is going to be Hudson Swafford, fellow Bulldog, who finished 13th at the Dell Tech with three rounds in the 60s a couple weeks ago. Another low-owned GPP guy is in good form. I think he's your pivot off of Xander Schauffele. All that ownership's going to go to Xander swafford could be a good pivot play he currently sits 33rd in the fedex cup ranking so he's got to make a move to play next week and what i think would be his first ever tour championship so he's close and i'm sure he would love to uh i'm sure he'd love to close it out and get to east lake he's in chicago he's been in chicago a little early i think he was there over the weekend uh watching the dogs play up in uh up in south bend so maybe he's seen the course a, a little bit extra and, and he's prepared so that's uh that's who i like that's it I like the uh, the Swafford call.
2: You like that? The, yeah, I think that um, I'm kind of with you on the the six K guys or the sixty nine hundred guys because that's the only price range there. Just I don't know. Luke List popped a little bit for me, but I still he's just one of those guys that I feel like is a trap. So I, I think I'm going to go with you and and just if I'm playing the cheapest guy, I'm probably going to play is, is Swafford.
0: All
1: right, so go. a fair amount of agreement on the Tour Junkies podcast this week. I'm, I'm a little more on Sergio. Um, you're more on Louie than I am. Um, other than that, I mean, not a whole lot of disagreement this week.
2: Fowler, I, I'm not. You're not
1: really on Fowler, I, I'm okay. I'm not really on Fowler. All right. Um, I can't be mad at you about JT. Um. Yeah. Duffner, we agree on wholeheartedly. No thoughts there, that
2: on Webb. I'm just not. I'm
1: just not really feeling Webb. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't feel strong about it. But I just. Yeah. I just don't really. When I narrow it all down and I got to pick a player pool, he's not. He's not going to be in it. Um. Yeah. Ah, uh, Cab- Cabrera Bello, I don't mind. I'm. I'm usually a sucker for him anyway, but he didn't pop for me. And when it all comes down to it, he probably won't make my player pool either.
2: Actually, so I was. Uh, I was while you were talking earlier, I was. I was looking back at. What I really just kind of looked at was last week, or you know, the Dell field. Right. And he, he checked the box up there in the approach off the tee and, you know, tee to green. Um, he, he was playing, I mean, just looking at the last tournament was, was pretty good. Um, I think if you're looking at the last 12 rounds or 24 rounds, he's not going to pop for you. But if you look at overall for the season and the last tournament. So there you go. All right. Good stuff. Um, Thank you guys for listening.
1: Be sure and check out that Jason Sobel episode. That is, uh, that's a good one. Hope everybody stayed safe. Hurricane Irma um, and Hurricane Harvey still recovering from that. All our listeners in Texas and Florida and um, definitely, definitely prayers for you guys. Hope everything is restored. Pat, glad you're glad your home appears to be safe and sound um also would would be would, would be remiss if we didn't if we didn't acknowledge 911 which is the day that we're recording this podcast and definitely a day where we remember and reflect on uh, that day and what happened in our country and how everybody's lives changed and it just reminds you that uh you know there's there's a lot um there, there's a lot of good people out there doing a lot of good things and and we've we've learned a lot as a country and as a nation and I always remember this day and where I was and Uh, you know, the impact that it's had. So we appreciate any first responders out there listening and military members out there listening. You guys, uh, you guys and girls are are, firefighters and and policemen
2: too. Yeah. Well, first
1: responders, that's first responders. Well, yeah, that's right.
2: You know, and I don't even know if you knew this, but so it also has a, a separate meaning for me for September 11th. Obviously, I'm remember it for all the reasons that you did, but uh, anybody who's listened to the show for a while has heard me talk about my brother, Rob, who passed away at the age of nine years old. And, uh, today is his birthday. Oh, man. So that's a, that's another thing that I remember this day for. So yeah. it is an important, important day for, for many reasons for me. Yep. Yep. Oh, Rob was a, was a good, a good kid. Great golfer.
1: Yes, he was He's better than me. <laughs> not hard to <laughs> do. Not hard to do. But anyway, uh, take, taking nothing away from Rob, but that's just not hard to do. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you once again for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast. Best of luck at the BMW. We will be back next week to break down the 30 man field of the Tour Championship. Don't forget to look me up uh, if uh, if you're going to that. And hey, you know what I didn't mention, Pat? I'm excited about this. It has nothing to do with golf. Thursday night, I'm taking my, my wife. We're going to see Bruno Mars in concert up in Charlotte. Boom. Bruno that'll be awesome. freaking Mars. I'm really pumped about that. I'm going to be fan, fangirling out a little bit. There may be some video content on Twitter. I'm just saying be on the lookout for me and Bruno and, and, and Miss Domination jamming it up because it's going to get lit at, that, at yeah, that place. That'll be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, all right. Make your screens be green.
0: See ya. Oh. What happens when you take Callaway's most successful fairway wood of all time and make it even more versatile and powerful? You get the new Steelhead XR. Callaway really outdid themselves this time. With the recontoured Hawkeye's sole and supercharged face cup technology, Steelhead XR is longer and more versatile than ever. When you play Steelhead XR, there's no such thing as a bad lie. To learn more about the Steelhead XR, go to CallawayGolf.com today. Callaway, the number one fairway wood in golf.